0: Hello, and welcome to Heroes Prefer Crossbows, the podcast that I loved once, long ago. I'm Greg Smith. I'm Matt Smith. No relation. In this episode, we're going to talk about
1: Octopath Traveler. Let's party!
0: is something that we talked about uh, on our I think our last episode we talked about E3 and I was talking about Bravely Default and I point uh, I mentioned that I didn't like how sexist it was and I couldn't really remember what was sexist about it so I later googled that to kind of remind myself and uh I think it's very telling that, like, the first result was, like, a feminist blog that had a very, like, articulate and well-reasoned explanation of what was sexist about it, why it was bad. The second Google result was a guy who said, um, I googled, uh, uh Bravely Default Sexism and all I got was feminist bullshit that made no sense, so it's not sexist.
1: Blah, 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 rabble, rabble, rabble.
0: Um, but anyway, um, I, it kind of jogged my memory a little bit. and one the, Basically, there, the party was two men and two women. Um, and one of the men in the party is a womanizer and is constantly hitting on the two women who always tell them to stop. And it's like a running gag and it's not funny. And that really, that was a recurring theme. Whereas there were other instances of sexism that we could probably, like, make a list of. But that was like the thing where I was like, "Oh, this isn't gonna stop, is it?" Like, okay, I'm, that's the thing that I was like, "I'm done. I'm done." Um, so that was a concern I had going into Octopath Traveler because it's a very similar game. It's got a very similar battle system. It's a Square Enix handheld RPG which. Um, thank you for making them. I love you. Um, and after playing the demo, I was like, oh, this seems like a, a a, a big change. This is very wholesome. This is, um, um, all of the characters are, uh, kind of, um, well-realized. Whereas I think one of the things that made, that Beverly Default suffered from was, like, I think the women characters, like, one of them was a, a knight and one of them was a cleric. But those were, like, the outfits, basically, and nothing else, right? right. just um, the title. Yeah, nothing and, more. and in, in, in Octopath Traveler, I think all of the characters, they get into um, what what makes them tick, like where, where they came from, uh, who their friends were, how to pass the Bechdel test. Um, and even with NPCs, they get into characters. I don't know if you've gotten this far, but there's one of the characters has an ability where you can just chat with people and every NPC you can chat with, it, it gives you a paragraph about their background. Which one is that? Uh, is that Alfin? I think yeah. it's Alfin. Yeah. Yeah, yeah, Alfin was
1: my starting character, actually. Oh,
0: okay, yeah. So
1: I've like I've had that ability from the get-go.
0: I, I liked learning about it later. I was like, oh, so all these people I've been meeting, there was more. That that feeling of, of there's something beneath the surface that you don't see right away um, makes me feel like there's probably more stuff like that in this game.
1: I, I really like the fact that... Um, I'm incentivized to go back to places I have already visited once I've got new companions in my party, because you can interact with people and the environment in ways that you couldn't before. Like now, I'm just stealing shit from everybody, (laughs) Um, Just, just robbing them blind. Do you have the merchant? I forget her name. Uh no. Uh, I have. I have. I just got my fifth character. Um, I have. Alfin uh Theron um who's the cleric? What's her name? Uh Ophelia?
0: Ophelia yeah. Oph- Teresa Tres- is the merchant.
1: Yeah, I don't have her yet. And the, the fifth one I just got is Cyrus, I think his name is.
0: Yep. Yep. Well, I don't know if that's actually right. I just said yeah. I just said yes. <laughs> I just I just I was just moving the conversation I, forward. It's okay. I literally just got to his castle town. Yeah, yeah. Um so um the Merchant has an ability, sorry for the spoiler, where you can buy things from people, and it's the same stuff that you can steal. And I was, I really liked both those characters, but I've kind of realized, like, oh, it makes no sense to have both of those. Yeah, it seems like
1: there's sort of a foil for every character.
0: Oh, it is Cyrus. Um, is, oh, is Cyrus the, the scholar? He's the scholar. I just got him. The fellow that speaks in a bit of a British accent, if you don't do a bad job of it, like I am... <laughs> Uh, I mean, that's nothing compared to Hanit, who
1: has the most ridiculous <laughs> old this? English accent for I mean, no I reason.
0: I don't think we need to get into it, but what is that?
1: <laughs> I was reading... I don't know. I was reading that apparently uh, localization for this game is uh, is really difficult um, because of her character. And apparently there is no Chinese localization for this game. So Chinese players who are playing this game are just like utterly baffled by the, the, the text. Why is
0: there no Chinese localization? I
1: don't know. That seems like a glaring oversight. I'm not sure why. Um,
0: maybe huh. it just I'm sure there's some reason, but right. Um, yeah, I mean, I I think that at this point there's a long and a time honored tradition of JRPGs with poor translations, and I can't. It is adds the the feeling of authenticity to me. So all, I, all of your base, <laughs> right?
1: All of your base. it's, it's ours. That's it. You you have all of them. Have
0: you have you unlocked Primrose? No, she's the only one I haven't unlocked. Yet.
1: She's she's the one character that just because of her occupation, I was a little concerned could potentially lean into misogyny. Sure, sure, sure. Um, as as what appears just, I I, tr- want, I
0: trust them at this point though. At this point, I don't feel yeah, worried about it.
1: I'm I've heard that she is a little bit more mature in her. In her mannerisms and mm-hmm. actions than other characters mm-hmm. and her overall story. Does she use the cuss words? I don't think she uses the cuss words, mm. but I think there is some
0: sexual innuendo that happens. No way. Yeah. I, I loved the, the uh, for Cyrus, the story of of, of him being like... The, the way they portrayed him as, like, the handsome, like, smart, cool guy that everyone's into, but he's oblivious to it. Like... They pulled that off really well. That he's, was, he's, I believe, they call that "hot but doesn't know it." Hot but doesn't know it. <laughs> yeah, I, I guess that's it. But the, the way they, the, the way they did it was, was like, um, you know, I think this game is is good at doing things that could very easily be played out. Like, a lot of these stories are stories we've heard so many times before, and what they bring to it that's unique, um, is I think all in execution, and so it's hard to nail down. Um, it's like, does, accents aside, the writing is good, um, the pacing is good, um, it's, you know, it's, the it's, it's 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 fun to look at, and I, I think that even when there's not a lot going on, I'm just kind of like, yeah, this is good, I like. It's very relaxing to play, despite
1: the intensity of the combat, um, I really like the combat quite a bit. We can we can talk more about that in a, in a minute.
0: Um, sure, we um, can talk
1: about it now. All right. <laughs> <laughs> Maybe we'll just cut that and we'll just start talking about the the combat. So I really like the combat in Octopath Traveler thus far. Um, I feel like every battle is sort of like a little puzzle to solve. Yes. Um, it you you kind of are just like especially when you encounter an enemy the type that you haven't fought before. It's like let me. Let me dip my toe into into this weapon and see yep. see how it fares. Yeah, especially I've I've ended up like using as many abilities as I can that attack more than one enemy at a time just to to be like okay who's susceptible to bows. Oh yeah,
0: definitely the exploration <sighs> attacks,
1: exploratory attacks.
0: Yeah, the um, I'm like thirteen hours in and the random battles haven't driven driven me insane yet, so I'm probably good for the long haul. I know that in um, compared... I'm also replaying Final Fantasy VI right now. Uh, it's on my YouTube page, Wink. And um, that's a game where you... There are cases where you can walk two steps and get another random battle. Like, you can, it can really impede your sense of progress. Um, this is a game where they've kind of taken the classic JRPG Final Fantasy random battle system and just said, let's loosen it up a little bit. We'll, we'll let you, like... Get all the way to that treasure chest and have one battle, and they get all the way back to the path before you fight again. Yeah, it doesn't seem nearly as punishing. I feel like in
1: any given zone, I can, you know, depending upon its size, I, I can walk around for a good 10 seconds before I end up encountering another yeah. bad guy. Where I remember playing like the most, the thing that comes to mind first is Super Mario RPG and mm-hmm. just there being Goombas every fucking Two seconds.
0: At least that's a game where you can see the enemies on the map, um, Chrono Trigger style, which does give you the uh, uh, an opportunity to avoid them, um, which is definitely better than the like every three seconds you see that that wonderfully crafted battle intro. Oh, that was pretty good. Um, yeah, it's it's. I guess there's two things I feel about random battles. One is I have to have a sense of progress. I really get. Um, Demoralized when I feel like I'm not getting anywhere because there's so many random battles. I feel like, um, it for with me,
1: there are certain zones that I've encountered so far where I've felt like I'm fine with the random battles, but there are, there was one, in, I can't remember where it was, I think it was like in the riverlands somewhere, where I ended up doing the same battle like four times in a row, <laughs> and it was just like, oh my god, not uh. this again. But that's only happened that one time. That
0: sounds kind of like it's probably bad RNG, I think. It it may well have been. Yeah. Um, And the other thing about random battles that's important is that the combat system is fun even when you're doing random fights. And so far in this game, they've been uh, doling out new things at the right pace to keep it fresh. Like, adding a new character is obviously something that uh, you're playing around with for the next section of the game. So the beginning of the game where you're getting new characters is, I think you're pretty well covered also in the, very early on getting more characters in your party. I think it's really interesting how all of these bosses scale to be a fight for any number of characters.
1: Yeah. I, you know, I played, I got my first three characters and without dying at all.
0: When you got like, I four, I was, you I you died. Right? Killing. I was like,
1: I oh, this game is really not that hard. Then I got to the fourth character. I got to Ophelia's boss fight the the crystals s- the crystal of the last oh well, flame. that was my first death also they yeah. they have the they have an ability that wipes you oh yeah I was I was like holy shit this is hard now
0: yeah on the internets I saw some folks saying that the hard one was Hanitz, but I had no trouble with that one it might Which... be hard it's hard if you solo it I guess honet was Maybe the, just the a
1: monster f- spider thing right like... no
0: Hanitz was the, the spider thing was um... Um, 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 um. Elfin. because he has to get right. the, the the poison. Right, right, Did right. Did we do a spoiler warning? Spoilers for the first thirteen hours of. um... Yeah, I feel like that's a little the, the the one for. Uh, honey, honey. It was a. It was like a big dog. <laughs> <laughs> right. It's like a wolf. It was a. It was a mean. Thing. It was a mean sloppy wolf.
1: Yeah. I didn't I didn't think any of the ones that I encountered were very hard until no. I got to. I mean they were long but they were like you could reliably recover from every attack. Yeah,
0: and there was a gimmick that killed you.
1: Yeah, that it, it puts out three those three yep. explodey crystal guys and you have to kill them or else. Yeah, I was they like fuck up your day.
0: And my second try I was just like oh, I have to go I have to kill the crystals, and then I did it, and it was fine, and I guess like I did it like three or it was like my fourth attempt, and okay. I had I like I did it once and I did it again, and
1: I was like, okay, I guess I'm done for the night and the next day <laughs> I came back I did it like two more yeah. times and then I did it
0: I did it again right away, and I was just I just compensated and it worked um, the uh the um I can't remember in bravely default they had a similar system with uh saving up moves so you can act multiple times on the same turn. I think it was a little different. I think there there was a, an actual menu option called Default. Um, Hence the name. Yeah, and that's a silly name. I'm going to Google what it is because I didn't do my homework. Ten things you should know about Bravely Default. This is a Final Fantasy. Um, so I, in this game, you automatically charge your BP. Um, in Bravely Default? Sorry, in Octopath Traveler, you automatically charge it. right? Which I think, A, keeps things flowing at a good pace. Like, you can build up your... You never do nothing. Right. I mean,
1: there's there's a thought process behind every maneuver. You're like, okay, I'm going to do a regular attack this move so that when my other character debuffs this guy, I can come back with my BP attack
0: next time around. Yeah. I just confirmed on the internet, in Bravely Default, you choose you can choose default to hold your action for the next round. So in order to charge up your battle points or whatever they were called in that game, um, you have to do nothing. And that definitely slowed down the battle. In terms of why it was interesting, it was good. Um, I think Octopath is definitely a refinement on that system where they were like, um, things are always happening, but you are plotting for the long term as well. Why do they make? Why do they make sex noises when you uh, press the R one button? I I didn't think of it as like sex noises. I can see why. I I sort of thought
1: of it as like like the Williams sisters during a tennis match kind of thing.
0: I mean, I I get it. It's like, Ugh! <sighs> well, I think yours is a little more tennis than theirs. Maybe maybe uh, perhaps, it's so. just a nuance, I guess. Or maybe you just you read into what you want to see. I guess so. Um, the environmental style, I've been thinking a lot about how reminiscent of Final Fantasy Six it is, which is interesting, of course, because it's a three D game. But it um, obviously it's pixely pixely. Um, they make a lot of use of patterns and I think a lot of those tiles would probably look at home in Final Fantasy Six or an RPG with that kind of art style. I think the color palette the the level of detail of like how not level of detail but um, how dense patterns are if that makes sense mm-hmm. is is kind of um, really reminds me of Final Fantasy four and six I think that must be what they're going for the character sprites are also very much like that I think the character sprites are the one are
1: probably the one part of the game that look most traditional mm. um, that are purely sprites. Whereas pretty much everything else seems to be a little bit more modernized, Um, but like the character sprites, and it's it's really funny to watch, like them in combat situations, because when it gets into the actual combat mode, you have the traditional sprites of your characters, and all of a sudden the enemy you're fighting is like this really (laughs) finely detailed uh, version of the character that you encountered in the main world, especially the bosses.
0: They're like gigantic huge, uh, beast. It's a tra- it's a tradition, and I, I feel like it's, like, a little bit of, like, nostalgia that I get from that. And Definitely. Th- and there's a good reason for it. Um, the character sprites, I, um, I really want to study more because, um, there was this... If you look at the sprites in Final Fantasy VI, for example, they're very small. They're, like, I don't know, like 20 or 30 pixels tall, I think. And, um... The way that they mm, express, like, interesting the way they express salient details of the character in that limited space is very creative, and I think the Octopath, even though these are obviously higher resolution sprites, they did a similar thing where it's very representative and very they had to be very economical with within the size of the sprite they had. One of the things that comes to mind. In particular, with Ophelia, the colors of her sprite are very interesting. The way her robe has orange and blue in it, it's, like, just the right orange and just the right blue to give it this, like, ethereal effect. Huh. I'll have to take another look at that. Oh, well, let's look at it right now. Oh, yeah. Yeah, that's... it's such a creative... like, uh, it's such a creative way to give her a, like, holy aura. Um... Apparently, there are multiple outfits for every character. Oh yeah! Spoiler warning. I uh, I learned this from something else online. You can change jobs in this game. Oh, I knew that. Yeah. Oh, that's what the, yeah. you look different when you change jobs. Huh. It makes sense. Yeah. This is akin to Final Fantasy Tactics. is one of the one of the most successful incarnations of this system. Final Fantasy, I think five did it. I think five did this too. Um, I can't wait to get into that. That's so. I that's one of the things where. Even though I, I don't want I didn't want any spoilers. I haven't read anything about this game at all, um, just because I just want to f- experience it as much as I can. It's and, crazy
1: how big this game is. Oh yeah. In terms of things to do, I feel like oh, I, I'm yeah. like nine hours in, and I feel like I've just scratched the surface. I up. feel
0: the same way at thirteen hours, and um, this is one of the things. The jump system is like I haven't even unlocked this yet. I have played this game thirteen hours. And one of the main systems of the game I have not experienced Have you, Have you done Chapter 2 for any of your characters yet? No. Yeah. I'm not high enough mean, level. Yeah, exactly. I'm still, like, level, like, 17, maybe? I think you have to be 22 as re- the lowest. I
1: think that's a really smart decision, because it really encourages you to just keep doing other activities and finding other characters. Yeah. Because otherwise, I feel like a lot of people just be like, oh, I'm just going to finish this guy before
0: I... And I feel like that would really go against the spirit of the game. The spirit of the game is explore, make friends, see the world. It's, 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 it feels low stakes um, outside of the independent little adventures that you have. Like once you meet a character, they've got a problem, and you solve it, and then you're just having fun again. Um, I don't know if there's gonna be any kind of overarching plot. I, I again, thirteen hours in, I don't know if there's a plot yet. <laughs> You know, I feel like I don't care. When, when I had heard that
1: people had had the impression that there wouldn't be, they were disappointed. Uh I at first I was like, Oh, that's too bad. But now that I'm playing it, I feel like each individual story is compelling enough in its own right that even even if they don't, you know, tie together I feel like having them granted, I don't know how these stories develop yet, yeah. but I feel like trying to tie them together to fight some you know big bad would feel
0: forced you would they would have to take their time at it yeah it would if have they, to be
1: i feel like the those seeds would have already had to have been planted i don't think they already would have had to
0: because keep in mind this could be a 50 hour game that's true has anybody beaten this game yet i'm sure somebody <laughs> has i'm sure um but but for real it could be a 50 hour game it could be the in the second and third missions, they start dropping hints, and then in the fourth and fifth, you start to really get around to it. And then the seventh and eighth mission, like like tier missions for the characters, it's coming together into one story.
1: We don't know. It's Lavos. It's Lavos. Spo-
0: spoiler, it's Chrono Trigger canon. Oh my God. Do, 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 do. What's the is that the Robo theme? God, the music and the crow music, and Trigger was the good.
1: music in Octopath is really good too. Yeah, so the I the really fight did. music is great.
0: Yeah, Square Enix knows how to pick those battle themes. I, I like how they. I'm glad they went for. Is it orchestrated? I mean, it's definitely orchestrated. Yeah, I'm glad they went for orchestrated music. It's. The this game in general, the is all of the sound design and all of the music, is as if it was could be exactly the same in a fully three D, a realist like um, you know Dragon Age, uh, Witcher kind of game. Um, the footsteps when a character walks around, and also their tiny sprite casts a shadow in the environment.
1: I just like that. I just love that they did voice acting for this game. I voice feel like. acting
0: is 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 great. The um, just when you're walking through an environment and you like walk past a tree that you hear the rustle or you walk past a waterfall and you hear the stereo waterfall it all it gets the point of retro graphics why they're still compelling what and what that is is that they're evocative um the the character designs are good not because they're retro they're not just celebrating the the, the heritage it's um it's kind of like um, a serious version of using an emoji to communicate with someone via text. Um, you're portraying the emotional content, which is what's important, and you're just passing on the photorealistic content, which, as far as like a char- character's having a, a dialogue, doesn't really matter. Right. The
1: medium is inconsequential as long as the emotional impact of, uh, is there, the intention of the, of the message.
0: And I think you could do that with music, and the way you would do that was just by having good music, of course. Um, but the, but but also in, in in modern in the modern world of games, you can have any kind of music you want, right? So, what do they? It's a it's a matter of direction, and I think the direction they wanted with the music was lush, and detailed, and immersive. And I think that orchestrated music is the way to do that and I'm guessing that's why they made that choice.
1: Yeah I mean it would have been easy to just stick with 8-bit but I feel like that would have you know obviously this game is trying to hybridize modern and retro and I feel like if it's not they, just trying it, it's doing it yeah and, and I feel like if they had made the music 8-bit it would have pushed that's such an omnipresent thing in the game an omnipresent, uh, artistic force in the game that it would have pushed it too much into a, a retro... They uh, would have had to find a hybrid. They would have had to do yeah. something in between. You know what game does that really well, what? actually? Uh, I've never played it, but I've listened to the soundtrack a lot is the um, the remastered DuckTales that came out <laughs> really? a few years ago. It is a brilliant comment. It's a brilliant hybridization of like retro 8-bit uh, music and modern orchestral music. It's really good. There's,
0: what does the graphics look like in this?
1: Uh, I actually don't remember what it looks like. Is it on Switch? I I think that's just an ad. Oh. I don't. Know. I think it's on PC.
0: I'm not logged into my YouTube Premium account right now, and I forgot that YouTube has ads, and I'm going insane. I right think now. I might.
1: Sw- I've I've been thinking about jumping on that for a long time because I watch enough
0: YouTube. That I. Oh wow. Oh, I don't really like. I don't really like this visually. Like, I will listen to the soundtrack. Sound, the, sa-
1: the soundtrack is great, especially if you're a huge fan of the original Ducktales theme song. Like honestly,
0: I'm a huge fan of the original game soundtrack. Like the Moon theme is definitely something that I distinctly remember as a kid. Like how I felt hearing that song in the soundtrack. Was, like I remember it so specifically.
1: The Moon theme is incredible, and the soundtrack includes a medley. Um, it, it it basically blends the main theme with the moon theme, oh. and it it does a really cool like faster version of the moon theme. That's really good. I gotta hear this. It's really good. It's on Spotify.
0: Oh, nice. Um, I, I digress. Um, 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 Do you want to talk about the UI? Yeah. So I one of the one of the things I wanted to talk about is just how elegant this game is, and I choose the word elegant very for its very precise meaning, because it's a th- a theme of the design across the board. Um, the UI is an obvious example because it's very simple. It's like black semi-transparent squares, um, white text or off-white text with a very nice font. Um, it fades in and fades out in very simple ways. Um, if you look at a lot of Square Enix RPGs, they will sometimes go ballistic with the menus i don't know how many of these you've played but sometimes they're they have seen it so overwrought and intense and extreme and i think that's part of the expectation for a AAA game is that what they call in the industry the the premium experience um and in this game i think they were a little freed to well geez like if someone if i had played this game and some and without seeing the menus and so it's a design a menu system for this game you you could really do anything couldn't you Um, I think so many things would work, but what they did is perfect. I think what they did is also very, uh, Switch-like, because I don't know if this is for usability reasons, like, I think maybe the Switch is doing things, Switch games are doing things a certain way so that you can use them on this handheld mode and see things. Oh, 100%. Um, and I think maybe that was a, uh, a contributing factor to this design. I think in, um... I forgot the name of Breath of the Wild for a second. I think in Breath of the Wild is another good example of the the user, user interface is very clearly designed to be good at both handheld and large screens.
1: Yeah, I am. I recently uh, needed to pick up a Switch game during a flight, um, and I ended up buying Darkest Dungeon, which I've heard is a really good game. Yeah, I
0: really want to play that.
1: And I really regret buying it on Switch because the UI is. They've done their best, I feel like, but, but but it's probably not a game that should have come to Switch. There's just so much minutiae and so many
0: things on screen
1: during many of the menus.
0: So is that true even when you're playing it on the TV? I actually haven't played it on TV. Yet, oh, okay. So but, this is not... It was not good for a flight, for sure. Yeah, on
1: handheld... I mean, first of all, it's a very dark like. Yep. thing to play on a flight. It's, it, wasn't, yeah. it wasn't the right choice thematically. Fair enough. You should have played Bloodstained instead. I ended up...
0: I ended up playing just more Breath of the Wild. Uh, (laughs) Can't go wrong. I still see people on my Switch friends list pop up playing Breath of the Wild now and then. I'm like, yeah, I get that. Oh, it's so good. Yeah. Um, Mario RPG font.
1: I have yet to independently confirm this, but I am pretty sure that the font in Octopath Traveler is the same font as uh, Mario RPG. I saw it and I was like, that looks really familiar to me. And I have no idea what font it is. The title font? Not the title font, like the menu font. Oh,
0: okay. Yeah, that's harder to just Google for. That's not what people generally post. Let me... Here, hold on.
1: Mario RPG. This is not great content right here.
0: Yeah, I mean, we can edit this however we want. Mario RPG font. Um, or let me just say Mario RPG menus. This, yeah, yeah. I just want to see a picture of the menu. I think that our... Listeners are coming on a journey with us right now, and I think that they're going to appreciate um, learning alongside us as our friends. Oh my god, I love the map on Octopath okay, Traveler. On. Right, so the it. moment I was all in on Octopath Traveler in the trailer was the first time they showed that beautiful map. And oh, the map is gorgeous. And every time, seeing my progress unlocking stuff, every time I open the menu is so satisfying. And even in... Uh, when you're equ- when you're equipping gear in the menu, the um, the menu is very transparent and the map really shows through for it. Like, sh- shows through for it. That's the exact sentence. Um, shows through it, and um, I don't know. They're, they're like use of just black transparent blocks. To are just a way to have contrast so that you can show this map as much as possible. Oh yeah,
1: you never you never leave it. It's always there. And and these are definitely the same font.
0: All right, I need to see side by side comparison. I need to see the same letter. Where's a place where there's the same capital letter twice?
1: Uh, Let's see. Uh, oh my
0: God! There's the S. Holy shit, dude! That is the same font. Like, how oh, yeah. did you how did you notice that?
1: I I'm not sure. I just I saw that font and I was like. I know this from somewhere. There's got to be some Square Enix game that I've seen this in before.
0: I want to see one of the letters that's really distinct. Like the R in the Mario RPG font is very distinct. There's there's the R. Where's the are there, is there a couple R over here? No, there's not. Damn, I'm impressed. Yeah. Good, good good job. Thank you. Thank yep. you. I'll be here all week. <laughs> well, um, so about getting back to the theme of elegance, um. The environments I think are elegant. Obviously, they're not uh, super detailed, but the way things are laid out is very uh, just satisfying. Um, walking around a ramp in a corner to find a treasure chest is delightful, and all you did was just walk around a corner. But like, seeing a new perspective on the same environment is very uh, like is its own reward. Probably more than the olive that you just got from the treasure chest.
1: Yeah, it's. I love the way that certain paths are are hidden. Um, or obscured just by the perspective of the game. Yeah. Um, it it harkens back to like Mario Three, where you could like hide behind the the uh, the little wall partitions that were there. Do you remember mm-hmm. that? And you could you could you could manage to like or the Super Mario World, where you could get on the other side of the fences. Um, it's not quite the same. Oh, thing, I know right? what you're talking about. Uh, but just this idea that. Um, our our perspective as the player is fixed, but the characters are able to sort of see around that 2D perspective.
0: Right, right. Um, and just sometimes when I'm in the towns and there's just... The buildings and the paths are really nicely laid out, like the trees are in just the right places, and it's just... I don't know. Delightful
1: um, is the right word. Yeah. It, is, it is just a delightful... F- you know, when I first played it, I was just like, delightful is how I feel about this game. Yeah. It's just yeah. extremely
0: pleasant to play. I would, I would say precious and delightful are the two words I would use. Um, the battle system is also elegant, because um, it is a simple system that a lot of complexity can emerge from. Uh, so far... Even though it's simple, it's definitely fun. I don't know how much harder it's gonna get, and I'm really curious how much harder it's gonna get. Um, and it could be, well, I could either see it as being like simple but sad uh, and but fun because of all the like spins on it you can put, or maybe it'll get really hard and that'll be interesting too. I'm not sure really where it's gonna go from here, but so far I'm down.
1: It it has a rhythm to it that's very satisfying. Um, I feel. You know, you, you test, you sort of test the waters, you figure out what works, you, um, you figure out the most effective way to utilize your attacks and your defenses, and you just, you develop a strategy um, very quickly in any given encounter um, that you can, you can kind of map out in a way that I feel like a lot of other RPGs don't really, a lot, a lot of other RPGs I feel like you're just sort of reacting Mm-hmm. um and in this game it's sort of like oh this is my strat yeah. and i know exactly what i'm going to do e- even if you know these enemies might throw some curveballs at me i have an overall idea of like how yeah. how i'm going to approach this battle
0: and and it, it very rarely throws something at you that like completely changes the game so that your strategy doesn't work at all but you do tune it you do make adjustments to your strategy
1: I think it'll be interesting. I imagine that once you get into like the chapter two and beyond of the game of, of each character, you're gonna find situations where certain combinations of p- characters don't work as well as others. um and maybe maybe I'm wrong, yeah. I'm, I'm speculating, but I feel like you're gonna be like, Oh shit, I really wish I had Alfin with me right now so that I could like you know heal the whole group with some soothing dust.
0: I'm reminded of the end of Final Fantasy 13. That was a boss fight um, that was very interesting because the way I had been playing the whole game until then didn't work. All of a sudden, the way I played the entire game didn't work anymore. Oh, man. And um, I did a little research, and there was like a basically um, in Final Fantasy 13, there's different roles that your characters will have like uh, three roles. They can switch between freely within battle. So, so for example, Lightning is, like, uh, both a melee attacker and a magic attacker and a medic. But she has no debuffing, she has no buffing, and she has no... The sixth thing that I forget what it is. Oh, she has no defender. She has has no ability to defend. Um, And All of the six main characters in the game have different combinations of those three roles. And they designed the final battle so that you basically need all six roles. Like, buffing will get your damage up, but not enough. Buffing and debuffing will get your damage up enough, but you don't want to die, so you need a defender. And then you need to actually do... Like, they've basically designed it so that you really need everything. And so you need a team comp where you have everything. And I... You just um, didn't have it. I didn't have it because I had been getting away with not being able to do everything. Um, and as soon as I changed my team comp and then, like, got practice stuff with it to execute, very quickly I just beat the final boss. Um... Will, uh, will Octopath Traveler go in that kind of direction? Um, I kind of hope it does. I, I mean, would like to have an, uh the Endgame be an invitation to really push the system to its limits. Although, in some that can go wrong. I mean, I feel like
1: they've they've established this theme um, that any starting character is viable. Yeah. that you can, you can enjoy the game and be successful regardless of which character is your first character, regardless of which one is your second. It's not like you're going to be completely fucked if you don't go and get uh, Ophelia right away because you don't have a, a dedicated healer. Um, so whether or not that theme will translate to the entire game, um, especially as, as you get into the later stages of the game, I think we'll just have to
0: see. Yeah. I could I could conceive of a octopath version of the end the final bass encounter I just described, like what if for some reason you needed weapon type variety to do enough damage to a bunch of enemies or something? Um, I don't know. I think I, I really think Hande
1: is is gonna be useful in that respect because she can capture enemies that do different damage types.
0: Yeah, and the the more I think about this, the more I realize the reason the last boss of Final Fantasy XIII was that way is because they are saying, you need, to pr- you need to master this system that is the core of combat in this game to beat this boss. This is not the core of combat in Octopath Traveler. The core of combat in Octopath Traveler is the battle points. And so, I imagine that if, they, if their design is consistent in this game, that will become more important somehow. we'll see. Maybe not.
1: I I think probably there will be certain combinations of characters that are better at certain encounters, but ultimately like, with the right application of being smart with your battle points and being strategic with the order you execute moves that you can be successful with any combination um, most of the time. But again,
0: we'll see. One thing I wrote in my notes was the phrase, luscious anime pixel hair. I think it Speaks for itself. <laughs> um, you wanted to compare this to Witcher Three because you're playing Witcher Three right now. I I do. Um, there's there's a
1: lot to unpack here. Uh, uh, all right, let's do uh, it. Let's get in there. Um, I'm gonna I'm gonna pop another beer before I do this. Hold on. Yeah, no problem. Do you want another beer? For for those of you listening at home, we just shotgunned beers.
0: Yeah, I just chugged five beers. We're and we're shit faced. I have um, puppy blood. Yeah, we're sloshed. We're slizzard. We're getting yep. slizzard. Um, we're um, popping bottles at a table. So I wanted to briefly compare The Witcher 3
1: to Octopath Traveler. Are you all right?
0: <laughs> <laughs> that was really full, whereas my other one was not. Uh, I used to have paper towels in here
1: somewhere. Do you need, it? need some? There's a little kitchenette out
0: there. I'm good. I think That's I actually good. want to finish this show with beer on my hands. All right. I can't touch anything, but But will you finish the show with blood on your hands?
1: I have beer in my beard. You ever does this happen to you when <laughs> This is probably the good part of the show. <laughs> does this happen to you when you get when you get something wet in your beard and as like, as, as this is happening in this very moment and like no matter what you do, it's still wet. Like, oh yeah yeah for sure this happens to me because that's I, why i'm
0: not trying to fix it right this now. this happens
1: to me i'll like wake up and this like i'll, my... I'll drooled in my my beard a little bit oh god this no is one getting knows that. this this happens this is real life yeah deeper. it does it does and i'll wake up and i'll be like oh gross and i'll wipe it and then there's like, nothing you can and do and it's just still wet no matter yeah. how many times i wipe it this is my life wet. now gotta is... call in sick today yep all right days are ruined anyway so the witcher three uh is something that i started playing uh right when it came out and i was immediately overwhelmed by just how absolutely massive it was and i think it also came out around the same time as a few other games i was playing and it just ended up on the back burner for me and uh i was reinvigorated by the 2015 two f- 2015 i was reinvigorated by the all of the uh excitement around Cyberpunk 2077 at mm-hmm, E3 mm-hmm. and decided, man, uh, CD Project Red really knows how to make some good games, yeah, so new. I should probably get back in The Witcher 3. And I've been playing that, and I was playing it pretty consistently. I'm probably like 20 hours into the game now. Oh, I thought it was going to be a pocket. Okay. <laughs> <laughs> um, and I've put it down since I picked up Octopath, um, mm-hmm. just because it's, it's new and shiny. But I can't help but compare the two. Um, And immediately I'm struck by the fact that they, just on a very base level, they give me a similar warm, fuzzy feeling Mm. um, that I can't really fully describe. Um, Hmm. And yet it's like a bucket of happiness that's being filled in different ways. Like The Witcher is obviously like, you know, a very realistic or at least more realistic 3D environment. Um, the combat is real time. It's also very down to earth in it's, a lot of ways. Yeah, it's um, it's much more visceral in the combat. It's mm-hmm. much more moment to moment. You can't really like you can't put the controller down in the middle of uh, nope. a combat encounter the way you can <clears throat> in uh, there. You go.
0: And it was coming <laughs>
1: uh, in Octopath. So it's the pacing is extremely different, um, and how you approach any, any encounter is super different, um, and yet. I walk away from playing both games with a very similar feeling of just like I feel very enriched and and
0: uh energized by this world by both. Do worlds. you think that's just loving a game or do you think that's something more specific
1: i i think it's I think it's something more specific because i've played you know there are many games I've loved, and um i I don't feel that same way about say. Breath of the Wild, which is another game that I absolutely love, it's one of my favorite games of all time. But it's a different feeling, it's it's sort of this feeling of um,
0: Breath of the Wild doesn't, yeah. I, I think I'm starting to get a picture of whatever some of something here. It's it's like um,
1: this sort of wistfulness, this like gentle wistfulness, this idea that like, Sadad. yeah. <laughs> This idea that I can I can inhabit this world and um, and feel saturated by the world saturated by it I couldn't help but throw that in. I feel like we talked about that in another podcast. I don't uh, remember, but <laughs> I'm sure fans that's remember. That's a Matrix reference. Um, uh, in a, in your whole body just gets this very um, light-hearted, uh, charmed feeling um, that from both games, huh. um, despite them there being their only real similarity being that they're fantasy RPGs. They both have very
0: well realized characters. That might be it. Um, like like I in in one of our previous episodes, we did talk about how much I loved the bar uh, the barkeeper lady in like one of the first bars of the game, who later kind of betrays you, and how I felt heartbroken. Like I I want I want and that Octopath yeah I, I really wonder if there's something to that
1: yeah I think I'm gonna have to play both games more and and get more towards the end of them before I really can put my finger on exactly what this similar and and, and maybe it is just the fact that I've played them at the same time and like my feelings are towards them are just sort of blending into each other because of proximity but I I feel like I've played a lot of games that I've enjoyed it for different reasons, at the same time, um, and there's something here that I feel like I haven't really quite encountered before. There's some there's some similarity there that I can't quite identify at, on a very core level. Um,
0: if it's the like the the caring about the characters, um, well, you know, in Legend of Zelda, the characters are very very flat. It's true. They're very one-dimensional, uh, and you're not interacting. There's no character content while you're playing the game
1: yeah i mean breath of the wild is very much like about the world yeah. and about the environment and interacting with the environment whereas both the witcher and octopath are very much driven by the stories of the characters and any you know moment to moment interaction is because i mean link doesn't even really talk right in breath of the I uh, never yeah, I don't think I mean I don't think he's ever talked about any game. He makes just he makes sounds like,
0: oh, oh, what oh, oh. was getting it? We should out. do a whole link Sound segment. Oh <laughs> <laughs> That's that it's gone. Let's get it clean. Let's get it let's get that line again clean. <laughs> just
1: just to wrap up on Octopath, um I'm really, really excited to keep playing Octopath Traveler and I am especially excited to keep playing it on Switch, which mm-hmm. is a platform that is so accessible um, in many respects. Um, and the fact that it's portable just, you know, I can just go on my lunch break and play a little Octopath.
0: The other night, I was playing Octopath Light at night and I was getting kind of sleepy. So I took out the Switch and took it to bed and just popped it up on the pillow and held the Joy Cons in my hands while I laid down and played it for a little bit longer. Oh, like,
1: I do that all the time because, yeah. like, my girlfriend will, Lindsay, friend of the show, friend of the show, um, will. You know we'll be in bed, and she'll be watching something on TV or something, and she'll be watching uh, Doctor Jeff, Rocky Mountain Vet, which is never heard of. It. It's 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 a show on I think Animal Planet.
0: Um, <laughs> this sounds like it's not
1: what I expected. Then he he's like a vet in Denver, and he like helps animals. Oh, not veteran. Okay. No, a Rocky Rocky Mountain Veterinary. <laughs> that explains a lot. Um, yeah, not <laughs> maybe he is a vet too, but. Um, anyway, there's not uh, a lot of war beasts in the U.S. military. <laughs> he 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 heals the dogs of war. Yeah. Anyway, I'll sit there in you know playing Switch, um, and while well, she's wa- watching a TV show or whatever, and it allows us to sort of inhabit the same space mm-hmm. uh, without. Um, it allows me to continue to play a game without feeling like I'm in a totally separate room complete, complete. you know obviously we're doing different things and that's alienating each other to some extent. No, nah, no,
0: I get it. You don't have to, I don't think you need to justify it. It makes total sense and I'm completely on board with that. Like Switch is a very uh human console in a way. Um and I think a lot of people probably have stories like that. Yeah. Should we should we do the end of the podcast? Let's do the end of the podcast. Hey, uh, my name's Greg. I am Peacebeard on Twitch, YouTube, and Twitter.com website, and uh, I'm Matt. Uh, I'm Smith. That's S M E E T
1: H one two three on Twitch, and I'm Ma underscore Smeeth on Twitter. I should really consolidate. I think you can change
0: your name on Twitter, right? I you should, can. I should change that. Our theme song is Epic Song by Boxcat Games. And remember, good night. Hello, and welcome to Heroes Preferred Crossbows, the bad introduction that I hate and I'm going to do over. <laughs> <laughs> That's it. That's the one. <laughs> That's the one.